Welcome to Where's My Sage, A Taste of the Universe. I'm Mike from Tactical Bigfoot Research, and my wonderful partner, Christy London, is joining us this evening, and she is unmuted, so hello, <laughs> how are you today? A little reverse psychology going on there. Yep. <laughs> I'm great, Mike from Tactical Bigfoot Research. How are you? <laughs> uh, just, just ducky. So. I, I like the... Yeah, one more week. Of <laughs> oh my gosh, all of our coming, listeners will uh, appreciate this. So, you know, I'm I'm looking for Mike. I'm on here and I'm waiting to, you know, do our meeting before, you know, like we always do. And I'm like, really? I'm like, where are you? No answer. <laughs> Wait like five minutes. I'm like, mm, it's getting too close to comfort here. Hello, where are you? <laughs> he says, I'll be right there doing my hair. <laughs> it's Mm-hmm. But hey, it looks pretty good. This, I just thought this, I said I'll probably never hear that from you again. <laughs> this 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 recovery from surgery is driving me nuts. Uh, you said the other take- day another another month. So who knows? By then I could have a full perm in the top of the thing, and we'll see. We'll see what the barber does tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good look, though. You know, yeah. well, at least for those of us who aren't used to it. I mean. <laughs> This, you know, I don't know. This this has got to go. I got to get rid of it. So actually, I don't mind this. This is kind of nice. Yeah, I like this on older men though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. So so I'm here. Um, He's got a few years on, back, ladies and gentlemen. But the, uh, I'll drink my water now. <laughs> no no field stuff for us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Doc still says no. So those folks that were looking for us to do some some Bigfoot lives and some some good ghost investigations, uh, we're 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 going to be held up a little bit longer on this wonderful yeah. melee. I'll be going nuts. So if anybody has any good suggestions for other podcasts besides ours, uh, please let me know so I have somebody else and <laughs> <laughs> to listen to myself uh, talk to myself. I just wanted to say please like and share and subscribe yeah. uh, I put the link in up above uh, for you folks tuning in uh, for YouTube right. um, you know if you're there on Facebook share away on Facebook if you're on YouTube or even if you're on Facebook and want to switch over to YouTube tonight you know like and share well we got a great guest tonight and I'm going to yeah, turn things good. over to Christy, so I'm not mumbling yeah. all night long. Two hours is not going to be even close to enough uh, time no. to cover all the different things our guest tonight is involved in, and he's been around for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna kill me. <laughs> we talking about all these older men? I'm kidding. Sorry, guys, I'm in rare form tonight. It's been a long day. So, anywho, <laughs> um. I'll click on the hello is what you're yeah. while you're talking. I'll click so hello, watch talker. Hello, Mary so, Beth. No, we have a really cool guest because he has done so many different things. 
and he's been around in the field for so long. He is a psychic medium. He is a Reiki master. He's a healer. He has written three books and he has two in the works. Um, he is the uh, creator and the host of Orion Rising, the uh, live show on Facebook. And it's also a podcast and he's on like a good gazillion different platforms uh, anymore. It's really cool. And I had the honor and pri privilege of being on his show a few times in the past. So and that was always a good time. So um, what else? He's also, um, yes, he is also the creator and the only um, one who has an, a Facebook authorization. Page authorization. Yep. That's the word I'm telling you. It's been a yep. long day. Of a uh, Facebook page for Ancient Aliens. You know, um, guys, the history, the history channel, the show Ancient Aliens, he also runs that as well. Um, and all the guys who are on that show are all members of that as well. So that's pretty cool. It's not something we've touched a lot on um, on the show, on our show as of now. So that'll be very interesting. So a lot of questions, a lot of good information. Um, so get your questions ready for him and let's welcome Mr. Leonard O'Neill. Okay, bring there he is. There he is. I thought you were gonna click him off as I clicked him on. So <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, no, don't let the beard for you. I'm not that old. I just have white hair for my genetics. And <laughs> yeah. Mike, one of the one of the guys is in the audience. So Walker's talk. There's a podcast. I have a bunch of podcast buddies that you might be interested in listening to. So okay. I'll give you their names, like you know, Closer Encounters, Clarence Mitchell. He's not here. Um, Rob's show. Um, and I always forget the name of his show because it's brand new. So uh, so hopefully he'll pop in or Omar can tell you. But Omar's Watchers Talk is another one. Okay. Um, there's quite a few out there that are that are some really good podcasts to listen to that you might want to take a look at. Uh, not to mention my show, by the way. Yeah. I <laughs> Uh, yeah. I've had your I've had your show on, yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. It depends on what I'm talking about my show because sometimes I, I tick people off because I talk about politics so on there as well. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you know, but you talk about a lot more than just politics, right? No, I do on there. That's the reason I did that originally. I had actually started it as ancient aliens because um I you know I'm the, the largest ancient aliens worldwide uh group and I did get permission from Giorgio Suclos and the uh, history channel back before I was the first one that had that name. And originally it was just ancient aliens. And then everybody popped up with seven or eight different groups called ancient aliens. So I said, we have to differentiate ourselves. So we changed the name to to uh, ancient aliens worldwide. Uh, and we are the largest ancient aliens UFO hunting organization on the planet. As far as uh, on Facebook, we have, uh, well, I think it's 275,000 members right now. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty intense. So we have a lot of people on there. And the other group, the closest one to us is like 100,000 less people in the group uh and everybody participates not 100 percent, but we have a really good turnout we have conversations that go on for days on, on, on that group i don't even run it anymore basically i created it and now it's a living breathing machine and i have yeah. a, a, you know an admin staff who volunteered to help me and i turned the reins over basically to them so i could do the stuff that i do because that yeah, would take right. too much of my time so I just have conference calls once a week. <laughs> that's so neat. Oh, that's right? really cool. Right? Wow. Yeah. Those are some cool. big numbers, mister. Yeah, it was all my other groups are small. They're not as big. A full spectrum universe. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Omar. He just put it up in the chat over yep. there. So Rob, Rob's show is full spectrum universe. He's it's, it's brand new. He's only like a month in. I, always, wow. and I don't know why I have a block on that. And I, Rob's going to hate me for it. He just was on my show the other day. Oh, I actually cool. yesterday I went live yesterday. And he popped in. Hey, what's up? You know? Nice, nice, nice. So, so yeah, uh, 
you know, got to broaden my horizons, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Take a look at those. You might like them. Uh, You're going to get conspiracy theories on there, like alien stuff on there, you know, but we did a whole show on Bigfoot. I think I've done three shows on Bigfoot. You know, Um, I hear some crazy stuff about Bigfoot. I hear there's more than one species. I hear there's three. Yep. Oh, right. see me? Depends on, you depends on do where show. you are in the country, you know? <laughs> you Absolutely. should have him on. Things right? go, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was told that one of them was brought here on purpose in case we were dumb enough to blow ourselves into smithereens with nuclear weapons, that it could actually um, withstand the radiation. So if they needed to, if the overseers needed to, they could shove human souls into that species so that we could still survive. That's what I was told. Okay. Oh, look at Mike's face on that one. <laughs> and you think I'm crazy for thinking it might be interdimensional and a little wow. <laughs> there you go. That just happened. He heard it. He didn't say he came up with it. That's no, no, that's not my theory. I heard that. I was told yeah. that. You know, I've been told a lot of stuff too, you know. Yeah. I've been told things that I, I have gone, yeah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you I'm sure you've had the same minds. Yeah. And sample this universe. And right. Whatever comes out of this right. universe comes out of this universe. Right. That's so, I mean, when you consider the the reality, you know, they're starting to realize that the scientists are starting to realize that a lot of our reality is, in fact, a, very similar to our uh, AI, very similar to our programming and computers, computer programming. So they're starting to wonder just how much of it is like the Matrix, to where there's mm. things that are not real that right. are manufactured that didn't exist here like for instance the moon scientists right. are starting to realize the moon didn't evolve from the earth and it didn't start from the solar system it was brought in from another place hmm. think okay. about that wow right all right think okay. about that so you know the theory is <laughs> never cease to amaze me <laughs> the, the theory is that what we call the kuiper belt was a planet called Muldeck. And that they blew themselves up with nuclear weapons some hundred thousand years ago, a couple hundred thousand years ago. Wow. And because of that, it changed. They, they created the ecosystem that we have here by being in the orbit that they were in. So when that disappeared and it was just the Kuiper Belt, we needed something to keep our ecosystem the way it was. So the theory is the moon was created somewhere else and dragged here and put in place exactly where it was to do the job that it's doing. And if you look in, any place else in the universe, there is no orbiting moon orbiting anything hmm. that is in the position that the Earth and the moon are. There's no other moon that's anywhere near that close. Wow. Anyway. I just keep picturing this big wench in the front of a spaceship <laughs> this moon. Oh, big right. winch, not big winch. Oh, yeah, winch, sorry. <laughs> yeah, not a big winch. Okay. That was the pirate conversation. And Omar in the audience is saying that the moon is a spaceship, right? Which is rusted. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, look at that, right, guys? So there's another theory that, that it's actually a spaceship and there's some big giant military base or something and someone flew it here. I was told that too. I was told that um, I don't remember what species it was, but an alien species basically drove it here and parked it in orbit. You know, and if you couple that with the fact that when um, they went to land on the moon the first time, they overshot the place they were supposed to land and they hit really hard, and the moon rang out like a bell being 
hit for like an hour. So they tried it again. The next time they came up and they hit it even harder and it rang out for almost a whole day. Would suggest it's metal and it's hollow in the center. Just saying. Theories. Just saying. Couple with the fact that if you study the moon, there isn't a single crater that is that goes below a certain depth. All cra- all craters on there stop at a certain depth on the entire face of the moon. So that would suggest that there's something very, very hard at that depth that has not been penetrated by any body of anything slamming into the moon. Wow. Okay. Uh, quick housekeeping now that we're a few minutes in here. Folks that are coming in to visit with us tonight, we have Leonard O'Neill, uh, podcaster, author, and all-around interesting gentleman. And we're coming to you from WLFE-DB Radio on uh, somewhere down the line, probably tomorrow or the day after. It'll be uh, the pre-record on Spreaker and iTunes. Uh, we're coming to you from Tactical Bigfoot Research through YouTube. We are on our Where's My Sage on YouTube. Where's my Sage uh, page and group and Christie's business page. So uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Please like and share. I put the links up above for YouTube. So please get on there, subscribe, hit that bell. Uh, We got some really cool shows coming up very, very soon. We'll be doing some reading shows for those that are tuning in for that. So sorry, I had to get that little housekeeping out of the way quick. No, that's all right. Everybody share. Everybody share this out. Yeah, please, please share tonight. Sure. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, Watch so. Talk was plugging that he did a panel show a couple years ago when I was on that panel. So, so okay. that he just said that he did a huge panel talk on that a couple years ago on the moon, and I was on that panel talk that we did. He just put that in the chat. Okay. Very cool. neat. Yeah, you are you are a huge research guy. Besides being very gifted and and intuitive and really being open to receiving the information that's being given to you by your guides in the universe and your higher power, you really seem to um it's like you can't get enough knowledge. You just can't you soak it up. You're like a sponge, yep. you know, and yep. and you're so open to all the different um Levels and layers, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, you know, somebody says something to me if it doesn't sound insane. And sometimes even then, all research is to see if if there's any merit to it. And right. because I've done that in everything, if you think about it, being a UFO hunter since I was like eight, you have to do that. And then I literally, professionally, I worked for a couple of frame companies. So you have to authenticate all of the, the um, stuff that comes in to be framed because there's a value on it. And if they say this is worth a million dollars, somebody has to authenticate that to make sure that it is worth a million dollars because what if it's not and they claim it is and you damage it now they're going to sue you for that. Right. Okay. So you have to verify that what they claim is what it is. Right. And I, so I did that. And then, you know, the, I, I did that because I was already doing that with UFO stuff. So I've always had to research everything. And because of being who I am, I went my, when I went to intro to, to philosophy, I was there about seven days, maybe. And the teacher pulled me aside and said, okay, listen, we need to sit down and talk. You either don't get this or you should be teaching the class. And I wow. said, okay, so what do you want to know? And so we talked for about half an hour and he said, okay, I'm honored that you're in my class. I don't understand why you are. I said, because it's an intro class. I can't take this. I can't take any other class till I take this one first. He says, okay, if you would like to sit in to help me teach this class, I will allow you to do that, but you don't have to come back again. He says, I'm giving you a passing grade now. He says, wow. because you don't need to bother with this class. You're, you should be teaching it. You know more than I do about this subject. 
Okay. Uh, so I got, you know, I got a pass. Right? <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that, I, that I've run into. I'm always, when I was younger, my mom used to call me Professor Precise because I was Sheldon. Everything was, I was, you know, it, it came easy to me when I was in, um, in college, when I was taking my intro to philosophy, had to take, or um, 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 physics, physics 101. Um, I was, I was doing everything longhand and my teacher got mad because I wasn't using a calculator. She wanted to know that I understood how to use that. I'm like, I don't understand how that actually does anything for you in real life because they're wrong. Uh, then, then when I, I'm used to getting a hundred percent on stuff, so I got one problem wrong and I said, wait, no, that's not right. I got that right. She said, no, you did not. I said, yes, I did. She said, I have the book with the answers. I said, the book with the answers are wrong. I did that and it's right. Do it, do the math. Don't just look at the answer from the book. Do the math and tell me where I'm wrong. The whole class now is listening because she's mad at me and raising her voice. So everyone is watching. And she says, okay, fine. And she does it. And she looks at the thing and she goes, turns, hits the button again. We'll start over. So why don't you try doing it longhand so we can see your work? Now she's mad at me. She got done and she said, her eyes get big and she looked at me. She says, you're right. This book is wrong. I said, I wonder how long that book's been out and how many people around the world have been getting that problem wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, watch talkers, you know, more insane the theory, the tastier it is. Um, my theory is the more insane that the story, the more true it is, more times than not. That I, I think that's what he's kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. The more tasty so, it is because it, it sounds crazy. And it, because it sounds so crazy, that's when you go, that can't be real. And then you find out it is. And you're like, I guess it is too crazy to be crazy. Yep. Yeah. I tell people that even when I'm doing group readings and things like that, or, you know, galleries, you know, don't be afraid to validate. Don't be afraid of the connections that are being made automatically inside you because that's spirit, that's universe, that's your higher power helping you to make those connections. And I always tell them the crazier you think you're going to sound, the more awkward you think it's going to be, the more accurate you're, you're, it is. So yeah. make sure you validate it and welcome to my world. <laughs> you, know? you, have with, you have to run with that and learn you know, like you guys had Audrey, Aubrey or Audrey, Audrey. Audrey. Yeah, yep. you guys had Audrey on yes. here last week. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's still learning how to understand. I thought that was so cute to watch uh, a young mind going, well, I don't, I, I, it's in my head, but I don't know how to say it. I'm like, you'll get there. You'll yeah. get there. You just have we, to. We totally go. put her on the spot too. We yeah. were like messaging Wendy, your mom going, can we ask her some questions? Can we help? And it, she was, it was so natural for her anyway. We were like, let us try to do this. She's like, sure. <laughs> so well, she, no. she was not even prepared and for it, which was even she just, she just needs somebody to work with her to explain to her for each yeah. of us. And, and I did a whole show on this for each of us. We get different things that tell us what things mean. That's why if, if you watch like the Long Island medium, she'll explain that when she gets it. She says, I get a rolling pin in my head. And for me, that mm -hmm. says a grandmother figure. So That's she's exactly translating that symbol into that. So you have to do that. I was, I was in, when I was in Arizona writing with my, right. You, I mean, you, are you the same way? We all are. We have our own things that we interpret that people show us because of our experiences. I'm driving down the road. I wasn't driving. I was the pastor. My wife was driving. We were in Arizona. And I said, why am I getting a, a, a like a hankering, like really intensely for mashed potatoes and gravy? What, does that mean anything to you? And she says, oh my God. And I said, what? She said, mashed potatoes and gravy. Said, that was my grandfather's favorite thing to eat, and today is the day he died. 
There you go. Steve? He was saying to me, remind my little girl yeah. that I'm here. And he yeah. was giving me that and knowing I would say to her, why am I getting mashed potatoes and gravy in my head? Somebody's mm -hmm. talking to me from the other side. And she's like, oh, my God. Tell him I said hi. I'm like, he hears you. He's here yeah, with us. He can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Awesome. So, you know, things like that are the validation points. And you just need to un in interpret them or learn how to interpret them. I was uh, doing a, a read for a, a woman and her husband had passed. And I didn't know that. And I started to realize that. And I said, I see him. I said, I, I see him in, the, in the, his coffin. And he has a rose that, he's, that is on his chest. But it's not a rose. It's a different color. And I said, and he's taking the rose and he's hitting me in the nose with it and laughing. And she just freaked out, started laughing and said, oh, my God, that is so him. And I said, what do you mean? She said, uh, during his funeral, we had an open casket and I put a yellow rose on his chest. And I said, I told her it, was a, no, no, it wasn't the normal color. It was a, a yellow, I believe. And she said, okay. And I said, but what's the thing with the nose? And she said, he was that guy that would always go, what's this? Flick, what's this? Flick, and flick me in the nose. I said, so he was doing that to me with right. the rose for right. me, the validation for you. Because right. How could I know that? How could I make that up? <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a very interesting question down here, Leonard, that I want sure. to bring up. We got a couple of them there, but I saw that one there too. So. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to skip anybody, but we'll definitely, we'll backtrack. Yeah. Like all of right, it. Right. So, <laughs> um, so Steve wants to know, what do you think of not having a pineal gland? Uh, his was removed. Well, you know, that just changes a few things about how your brain works when you have your, your pineal gland removed. It is, it is like the, a lot of the controlling center. Like for me, um, I actually have an issue. The pineal gland actually transmits information to my testicles. All men have that. And the testicles then make testosterone. Okay. And because the pineal gland tells the testicles to make testosterone. Well, me being in martial arts, most of my life, I have catastrophic damage to my testicles. So they don't receive the message. So now I have to take testosterone shots. I mean Otherwise, grandpa needs a nap. Can I gotta say, I'm not laughing at you for that at all. It was just the the 15-year-old. So I did not expect you to be serious about that at all. Right? No, but that, but that's true. So a lot of people, <laughs> their, their pineal right. gland it turns off, and um, they then they sometimes go in with a with a you know with a, yeah. a, a you know something a, I don't know what they call it, but you know like a, a pencil eraser, you know not that, and they go in and they they actually hit it to to stimulate it to get it to work so it doesn't mean a lot of people will be afraid and say that means my third eye doesn't work if, the, if your third eye isn't your pineal gland it's a right. it's a better bigger portion of your brain it's just that that little portion would be like your tonsils are to your vocal cords the pineal gland is basically the tonsils of your third eye it doesn't mean your third eye doesn't work okay right. so you, your brain rewires for any kind of damage that's done to it your brain compensates so whatever the pineal gland did for you, your brain will rewire itself to have another portion of the brain pick up the slack. So don't worry about it. Awesome. All right, Michael, cool. I'll let you. Uh, all right. Um, I'm in trouble with all our viewers. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just, I'm going to, folks, if you've got questions tonight, just throw them out. I will tap them up. Uh, this is from Lorna. Uh, she's bringing up Antarctica. And yeah. I mean, 
It's a topic you and I talked about the other night. Um, and what if you, I'm like, what, what do you want to know of, about Antarctica? I know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> if you would like to, to kind of elaborate on that one, I want to just pop that there, but I'll get Leonard thinking about where you might want your question to go. So, right. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if, if you want to know something about Antarctica, ask me what you want, because I can just spew a bunch of stuff that I, I know and a bunch of things I've heard. So if you want to go a certain direction, guys, Ask me what you what you uh, want want to know about Antarctica. So, what got you started in this whole? Uh, you know, I, I think I've always been interested in knowledge, right? I mean, literally, philo- uh, you know, the philosophical thought philosophy means the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love. I think I've always been interested in that my whole life. I just want to know everything, and I know that the more you know, just like Socrates said, the more you know, the more you realize that you know nothing. So it doesn't matter how much you cram into your brain, you really end up just not knowing anything, you know, a bunch of stuff that's really trivial pursuit, right? People hate playing that game with me, by the way, or Jeopardy. So I, and I have a really good memory. You know, I have, a, I have total recall. So when I read something or I see a movie or whatever, I, I, I know it. I can't tell you, I don't know, I wish I could be eidetic. I wish you could give me a date, you know, 1872, 4 p.m. Oh, that was the date Napoleon lost his head. You know, but I don't know that, but some people do. I wish I did. But I've had a great memory, and I've always wanted to know things. Um, so I've always learned. So that's been my whole life, really. Uh, the UFO thing started when I was eight, maybe a little bit less, um, when we lived next door to a military base. In fact, the city was there because the military base was there. It was started as military housing, and it turned into a city. So I was literally a mile from the military base most of my life. And that military base was the largest naval weapons platform on the east coast uh, or west coast of America uh, until they built the ones down in San Diego and L.A. So it was there forever and it's still there. They just just recently closed it. And there was a UFO that was hovering over that military base. That military base didn't have any aircraft. It was it was it's tucked into the hills. In fact, you you don't know it's there unless you know it's there. Okay, because the entire military base is camouflaged from the air. And it's tucked in a little valley with a, a mountain range on one side and a giant mountain, which used to be a volcano, or a dry volcano, behind it. So you have to be looking for it. And it's 30 miles up inside the San Francisco um, Bay Area, up the, the Sacramento River. So there was an alien spaceship that was flying over there, something, saucer-looking, space-looking craft, hovering over the military base. The entire city saw it. And everybody's outside watching it. And then it floated off to the east and went over the mountain range. And then later on in life, I found a buddy of mine who lived over there in Antioch. I lived in Concord in Pittsburgh and Antioch or up the coast of the river. He lived in Antioch and they were in Pittsburgh in the morning for breakfast. And they were driving on Highway 4 back to their house. And it went right next to them on the freeway. And they looked out the car. And here's this spaceship going, passing them like the guy was waving at them or something. And then just kept on going. Well, you know, over time, you find out that like half of the people who lived there remember that event and saw it. So they couldn't say we just saw a weather balloon. So because of seeing that, I was at that point interested in UFOs and started hunting UFOs from that point until now. And I have actually seen three in my lifetime. Physically. Can't get a picture of them because every time it's happened, I've never had a camera in my hand. Now I know why people carry a camera around all the time. Right. And they have it around their neck. And they still, and then they still use it. Or it's all shaky, right? The phones are. And people go, why is it always shaky? And I'm like, because they're holding up a camera and zooming in 
So right. even the little teeny movement is like this on the screen now. So mm-hmm. it does suck, but they have programs that you can you can uh, fix that jitter. Uh, YouTube has that attached to their programming. So if you take a video that's all squirrely, download it to right. YouTube. YouTube will will readjust it and keep it centered, and it won't shake anymore. So you can actually work on that and see if it's real. So that's pretty cool. Um, I actually saw one in uh, 2016. It was the last time I've actually witnessed a, a UFO, and that was down in San Diego. I was on my way from Arizona to San Diego. I was moving onto my yacht and separating from my wife. And so I'm driving there and I was up on what we call the grapevine, which is a 4,000 foot high rock area that separates lower, uh, all of um, LA basin from the rest of California. You have to go over it to get to it unless you come in through sea, through the sea. So I'm driving down between this, the Arizona and uh, border of Arizona and Mexico uh, and in Arizona and I'm heading into San Diego and you have to go up four and a half thousand feet and it's windy and you're up in the rocks and then you come back straight down, bam, you're right into San Diego. Well, while I was at the top, I'm driving along. Well, here I'm on this freeway that's two or three lanes and we're doing 75 miles an hour and going around this way and that. And I look over to the left and there's a cigar-shaped UFO in the air, black, just sitting there, not even moving. So you can't like look and go, where's my phone? Because you're doing 75 miles an hour with other cars in a windy road. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Third time I look, as I look at it, it just goes, whoop, gone. Hmm. So I believe it cloaked. It didn't take off because even if it takes off, I have really good vision, although I'm wearing my, my uh, reading glasses right now because I'm getting older. But when I was younger, I had um, 2015 right, vision. So you can't just have something take off at 5 million miles an hour without me seeing a streak. right? When I was a kid, you threw a baseball, a pitcher threw a fastball. I could see the threads still. Wow as it was coming at me, right? So I was a really good hitter of baseball. I just couldn't run fast. So, <laughs> but I, but that was the last time I've actually physically actually experienced on my own a real, you know, a, oh, not oh, something I saw on a camera. And so it, people say, are they real? Well, yeah, but there's not aliens flying them. That's the one thing people need to understand. Huh. Not aliens flying them. Most, most of mean? the ones that you see in the sky are in fact from this planet. Owned by the governments of this planet. Ah. So. <laughs> we have a lot of people contributing here in the in the uh, chat room, don't we? I, yes, I know a lot do. of these people. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess here, we're going to kind of pop into Lorna's follow-up. Um, do you think that's where ETs are? I uh, have heard many say they are. Just interesting uh, to see how many people there are on the same page. Keep it up. Um, you, are you referring Antarctica. to Antarctica? That's, is that correct? That's back up to the Antarctica. Yep. Um, yes, there, there's aliens that live that are, have military bases, not just on Antarctica, but in many different places uh, on this planet, and they usually are very near to or next to American military installations. And in Antarctica's case, that would be a German installation um, from the military base that they had there when they were Nazis and during Nazi Germany until. Till 1945 or 46, after the war was over, and then that was taken from them by the Americans and the English. Um, but so yes, there, there, there were and probably still are aliens having a military base there in Antarctica. And if you listen to that guy who I can't remember his name, who was working for the CIA and the government, who was building military bases uh he was always boring out everything he was the company that was boring out stuff and he was working in groom lake which is in nevada 
and he was working there drilling out uh, an area to go into a military base. And apparently our government didn't know that there was already an alien military base there. And they accidentally drilled into the alien military base in which at that, at that point, a firefight ensued and most of the people were killed and a CIA agent um, died to get him out of there. And him and two other uh, American soldiers made it out alive. And he had his fingers of his right hand cut off, except for his pointer finger with a laser weapon. He was holding his hand up like this and the guy shot him and he had this scar across his chest and his fingers missing. And when he went public with that, um, two days after he went public with that and spoke in Canada, he apparently used a rubber hose with his own hand from behind and sat in a chair and, and strangled himself, which is in, actually physically impossible to do. How can you strangle yourself from behind? Because you get to a point and you go unconscious and your body goes limp and you won't die. Right. So apparently he still had the wherewithal to hold on after he was unconscious <laughs> until he died. So that's a lie. Uh, so they killed him because he talked about it for guys like us that kind of validates his story if you cover it up so stupidly we go all right well then what he said must have been true because why would he you know if he was going to kill himself he could have just took a gun with the hand that worked and went pow but that didn't happen he was strangled from behind while he sat in his rocking chair wow so yeah so i i know that there are many different places in my book orion rising which when i wrote it um, was I did like Dan Brown did. I did all the research that I could, History Channel's research and things. And I said, well, let me write a what if book. What if that were true? What if there really are aliens here? And what if there is a struggle for the, the human race, right? So I wrote mm -hmm. that book and I'm come to find out right after that that it's actually what's happening for real. So the, the theories that I use in there of the different military bases, I'm told those are really military bases. Like when I wrote it, um, there's a military base in a mountain by Queen Creek, Arizona, in the Sedona Desert. And that's what was, the theory was. Well, I'm told that there really is a military base underground in that area, wow. in that mountain. And in other mountains over there. I mean, Arizona's really weird. It's this little teeny state of about 12 million people, but they have the largest amount of military bases, larger than any other state combined, and they have the largest amount of aircraft, military combat aircraft in one area than even air bases do in other places. So it's the most fortified desert just below Nevada. And Nevada is the second most fortified desert on the face of the earth. No one knows why. That's crazy. Yeah. Why would that be? Very hard for me to wrap my head around a lot of this. Not because I believe or don't believe, because I'm I just, just trying to process it all. Right. And then just even connecting with it and and weaving through it, what do I feel? What do my guides say? You know, because it's all different for all of us anyways. You know, some of us are not meant to know this stuff, but it doesn't mean that someone else is lying about it either. So it's really well, it's, it's a matter a, of choice, really. Yeah, it, it's a matter of choice. If you if you want to go down that road and you want to see those things, then you can. If you don't want to, look, I don't want to know anything about that. You don't have to. Right now, here's right. a really good question Virginia has. I don't know if you guys are watching. The, there's a question that Virginia has. Virginia, <laughs> you're Look, such a girl. You're such a show host. I'm, I, I'm always looking yeah. at the yeah, chat, guys. I'm always looking at the chat, right? But look at this question that she has. As a medium and connected, tonight, right? put that up on the on the screen for. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. As a medium and connected with spirit, right here I go taking over your show. I apologize. <laughs> with, with spirit energies, do you feel that we are also connected to alien energies? That is the greatest question I've had somebody post in a very long time, Virginia. And yes, because they're no different than we are. They're just, it was just when, when, people, 
Yeah, when people, right, when people are, are, are thinking alien, think about this. That would be like saying, well, if I'm connected to Americans, could I be connected to Germans too? What's the difference between Earth and, say, Mars or Earth and another planet in a different galaxy? There's people there. Whether they're human or they're not, they're three-dimensional. They're 3D people, so that means they're going to be some sort of bipedal probably, uh, and they're probably going to have a brain. They're going to be existing in the same uh, uh, um, existence as we are, so all of the rules are going to be consistent for them like they are for us, which means why would they be any different than us in some way other than technologically? So, what about yeah, we, why, would we, why would we not? That would be like saying the creator of the universe created the earth, but he didn't create anything else. Well, wait, the creator created everything. So why would they create so much and only put humans on it? I mean, come on. So, yes, that's a great question. Would we be in tune with aliens? Absolutely. We would have to be. They, they are the same as us. They just live in a different place further away. Right. Very so cool. they would be like saying the Chinese or the Japanese. But well, there was a time when no one ever knew they even existed and then they found them. Right. Mm -hmm. Was that so alien that they said they were completely a different species? Well, no. Yes. And no. In some places they were arrogant and said, well, they must be our slaves because they're not they don't look like us. Right. But those those are conquered minded people. But otherwise, we're still the same people. So if all the people of this planet with the diversities of our races are all one, why would that change if you came from a different star system? Hmm. Interesting. So That's Steve Barnes actually asks um, if you saw the video of the Jersey UFO on September 14th. I know I'm not really familiar with what he's talking about. Did you hear about that? Uh, no, no, I've actually, because of being doing what I've been doing, I actually haven't been um, doing any kind of UFO research. So, no, I didn't see the video. If you have a copy of it, um, put it in the chat and I'll look at it after the show. <laughs> yeah, or explain or, you know, let us know what you're talking yeah. about. Tell us about it and, and you know, elaborate on is it, it. Is it one of those, is it another one of those Tic Tacs or, uh, you know, maybe you can quickly <laughs> type in the, well, they, that's <laughs> the, they have the videos. They have the videos that they call it a Tic Tac because oh. it looks like it on, on camera. It's white and it's the same shape as a Tic Tac. The difference is that it's oh. like 150 feet long and like, like 50, 60 feet around. But they you. call it the Tic Tac. And, and that's oh. the one they've released from uh, the uh, military that was back in the 80s and then in the 90s that they've been tracking off the coast I think, of California. I think that was yeah Nimitz, right? Yeah, that's the Nimitz encounter. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then... Oh. To go along with the 14th, which was yesterday, is do you believe in all the UFO sightings that happened last night? No, well, see, see here's anything the thing. anywhere. Here, guys, that was here, here, let me let me explain this. Okay, this is one that gets, you guys, some of you guys get um, real weirded out by it, but here here's the thing: our solar system is in quarantine. Okay, our solar system is in quarantine by damn COVID. A, by no no <laughs> by by a uh, council. <laughs> The Council of Nine, the Council of Seven, the Council of Nine, depends on what you, um, which people you count. And the, because of people coming here and screwing things up for us, we are now in quarantine. So when you see a UFO in, in these days, it is not an alien flying it from someplace else. The chances of that are like one in a million. It could happen. But but the, the truth is that ufo belongs to this planet so when the government says there's no such thing there's an unidentified flying object they're telling you the truth because they know who's in it okay they know who's in it interesting yeah and so, that's part people don't they don't know right anyway so what is virginia saying here we had some in concord uh lately too see yeah so you know the, and, and i believe that this is part of they're, they're trying to roll 
things out now because of the pressure that the coalitions have put on them uh, and where we are right now uh, in society. And that's why things are playing out so abruptly and dangerously in politics right now. They're trying to roll things out because what you guys don't know here in America and any of you guys who are on uh, here now that are from around the world, you can probably say, yeah, uh, most of the countries have rolled out the idea that aliens exist and that they are here on this planet already. And the American government is one of the last governments that are not telling the people the truth. Some of us know that, though. And we're trying to tell you guys that they're not allowing you to know the truth. Okay. And there's government officials that are ex-government officials from Canada, England, and even our country who come out and say, we know this stuff for real, but they won't let you know it. Okay. So there's, so they know what's going on. They, they, you know, Sia, the, the woman singer who I adore, by the way, great singer. She was on James Gordon's show and he does that driving around England while they do the karaoke and sing. He had her in there and he said, you know, I heard a weird fact about you. You believe in UFOs. And she said, yes, I do. And he went, what? Right. And she said, I was watching one of the shows and I don't know if it was ancient aliens, but I know he was on there uh, and he's been on a few of the other shows. And I saw, it was a video on YouTube because I saw the same one she saw and a government official from Canada got in front, up in front of their parliament, and said, okay, listen, we're Canada, not the United States. We need to stop lying to the people about UFOs, and we need to start letting people know that UFOs are real. Do you know that nobody in the Canadian Parliament went, oh, what are you talking about? To wow. the person, they all sat there and either went, yeah, yeah, he's right, or they were going, no, 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 listen, sit down. Nobody said what is your craziness talking about ufos hmm. okay so he's in front of their like congress or their senate saying as a matter of fact we need to stop ha- make have listening to america and lying to our people just because america wants to lie to their people we need to come clean with our people okay we need to tell them that ufos really exist there was a role so, in 12 that, that basically most of the countries told their people ufos are real wow um, this is very interesting, but I do want to cover some other topics with you, um, especially your other books. So what are your other books about the two that you have published? Yeah, the, one book is called, um, how to get out of debt, surviving in the 21st century. And oh. that explains to you the fake global corrupted banking system that is, um, got control of the entire planet. That's the cabal behind the scenes that they when, when you go off of any kind of uh, gold standard or silver standard or any kind of metals precious metals and you go onto this this standard they have where they have a federal bank the federal bank doesn't have a single penny in it never does never never has and they just make up money they just print it put it out there and they regulate the amount of money that is in circulation and if a population says i agree with that and you just trade money back and forth with each other and it keeps the lie going as long as I am a consumer and you're a consumer, we pay for each other to be at work. We pay for each other to have money to buy food. And we just hand it off to each each person and just trades hands. And it keeps everybody in business. And if you print too much money, that collapses. Okay. And and here's a perfect example. During Nazi Germany, they were not on the they were on that banking system. And by the end of the war, their money was was worth so little that a man had to bring a whole wheelbarrow full of it to go and get a pair of shoes. Okay. Another example of that is when, because of the stimulus package that they've rolled out and they just printed money and just gave it all to us to spend and they're going to do it again 
the price of gold skyrocketed from $800 an ounce to like $3,500 an ounce. The reason for that is not that gold is worth more. It's that the American dollar is worth less. Less. So, okay. And the American dollar is the currency of the realm currently because Donald Trump made sure to go after China and they defunded their money on purpose to try and hurt us. But they hurt themselves. And now the, the, the only dollar that's stronger than the American dollar is the English pound. The newly readopted English pound since last year when they broke out of, of Brexit, or they're because of because of Brexit. So their money is now worth um, seventy five or twenty five cents more than ours. Where so for so for us one pound is one dollar twenty five cents equals one pound, like Canada is to America. Their their money is worth seventy five cents American. So for them to translate to a dollar, it's one one pound twenty five cents. One note, you know, one Canadian dollar, 25 cents for one American dollar. So because we've uh, deflated our money by printing so much of it, okay, then that that lowers the value. And before that, people tried to um, collect American dollars and they would hide them so that America had to print new money to keep circulation because they didn't know where the money went it went out of circulation so that they could flood the market later. When they went over to um, Iraq and uh, were going through all of the houses and huts and everybody out there attacking, getting their way to Baghdad, they'd go into houses that they thought were owned by uh, Al Qaeda or the Iraqi military, and they would they would go and break the walls down on the inside, and they had all of their walls lined with American money because they were collecting it and hiding it in plain sight. And at some point they were just going to flood the market with it and dump American money on the market. And American dollar would just go down to nothing so they could ruin America. So that war wasn't exactly over oil. Like everybody thought it was a roundup of American cash to keep the American dollar at a steady keel so that it wouldn't get flooded into the market to ruin America. A lot more stable than oil people. Wow, very interesting. It, w- it wasn't the agent technology. Was that? Wasn't the alien technology? No, that was in Germany. Uh, that was the, that was why the, the Nazi Germany war went the way that it did. If you watch the documentary Above Majestic, you see that you talk to the guys who did the spying, and and um, the last guy who was in charge of that died during the filming of, the, of that movie. But if you watch that documentary, they talk about that, where that whole thing was the technology. I mean, think about what happened at the end of the war. America, Germany, and England took all of the scientists out of Germany and split them up between themselves. We had von Braun over here. No, I meant the ancient technology. Oh, well, okay. If you look at what went on there, a lot of people say that that wasn't real either. But if you look at what went on, while all the uh, troops were pulling out of Baghdad, you had these mysterious men that were running into the museums and either breaking things or stealing them away. What would they be doing that for? Why would they be interested in that? Because there were things that they didn't want other countries to get control of. So hmm. I don't know about what those were, but yeah, I'm sure there's ancient technologies. I mean, there's stuff from like the Bible with the sword of destiny or the spear of destiny and things like that. The Ark of the Covenant. The Germans were looking all over the world for that during World War II, right? right. Do they have real powers or not? I don't know. I mean, that would be kind of cool if they did, but. You know, I would be afraid to get near the Ark of the Covenant because what I know about it, it was more of a, it was more of a nuclear uh, 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 storehouse than it was a some sort of god weapon. It was a god weapon because if you opened it up, you died of radiation poisoning. Oh, <laughs> just saying, man. No, thank I'm, you. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm told that it was the mana making machine that was in there, 
And so that was just a machine that actually pumped out manna for them to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was a device that was zero point energy driven device that, that made manna out of nothing so they could have food. But it was radioactive. <laughs> so if you if you just opened it willy nilly, then you die of radiation poisoning. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'd stay away from that, man. <laughs> no, Keep that locked up. So yeah. your third your third book was on. Oh, that was that was actually that one was actually supposed to be one with uh, the 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 uh, the other book, but it, it's called um, Prepping Slash Survival for Beginners, and the, the two of them are supposed to go together because survivalists the whole banking right. thing and then teaching you how to get out of debt by um, just understanding how the game was played. Uh, you could actually get out of debt. Donald Trump actually um, plagiarized my book, but it wasn't really. It's it's the thinking. Um, because in my book, I actually said it, every, anybody in America or in the world can get out of debt completely and not have to pay any taxes if you just know how the, the game played is played. He actually said that during the debate. So I went, hey, that's out of my book, man. <laughs> maybe you're right. <laughs> like, I, maybe some wow. of those people did. I don't know. But you know, the other one was, was survivalist. My, I'm a survivalist. My father was a survivalist. So I grew up learning the things that most people have not been taught in this country for over a hundred years, Which learning how to trap, learning how to build traps, learning how to, uh, you know, build things, how to, how to right. hunt, how to fish, how to skin animals, how to Basically shoot, going right? back to make your own stuff, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. How to survive. So those skills don't mean anything unless the COVID-19 hits. Then all of a sudden we become very important to people. How do I survive without toilet paper? I even said that in my book. We preppers, we we survivalists know that when the world gets shitty, so to speak, pardon the language, that you know, and what, and what we call ticker, right? Uh, yeah. I ticker. Hang on. I got a ticker. I got a. I got a sign. I got a sign for that. So the toilet paper becomes the number one uh, commodity. It becomes gold-like. You can you can sell. You know, and in the movie, The Book of Eli. Uh, he walks into a, a bar and he says, I hear you have a charger. You can charge my, my, uh, he has a, a, a DVD or a CD player. And he says, yeah. And he says, what do you got in trade? And he pulls out the little packet from KFC. That's a little handy wipe. Yeah, and, yep. and the guy's like, Ooh, yeah, I'll take one of those. Right. Because he was using those to bathe with. You see him do that. He does his armpits yeah. in his private yep. areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Little things like that become gold. And we think those things up. Yeah. Ego, what would we need to survive? Those little, they have them in the stores. You can get them, little alcohol swabs or non-alcoholic swabs. I, all the time, you hand me something, I go, what can I do with this? Can I, can I do this? Can I recycle this into something? Like here's, for instance, right here on my desk, Altoid tin. Best thing on the planet. Right? Because an Altoid tin, you can make it, you can put anything in here. I have videos that show making a little mini bug out pack and a little mini first aid kit inside one of these. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can survive on those and live in the wild until you can make better weapons or find scrounge for better weapons. But right. stuff that you put in there, if you put the right essential things in there, because the first thing you need is water. You need that before you need food, right? First thing you need yeah. is water because you can live for a month on the fat you have in your body or longer. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can only live a couple of days without water. So right. water is the very first thing you find first. You find water, then shelter, then food. OK, food's always last. And if you do your research, and this is why I wrote that book, if you do your research in the area that you live in, you can find out what you can and can't eat in that area. And you can also learn where to look for food. Right. 
So I moved to the desert. My friend says, oh, my God, bro, you need to find out what's out there because it's the desert. You're going to starve. I realized when I looked into it that I had more food in that desert than I would have right now in a major city. I live five miles from the capital of the state of California. I would have a better time scrounging for food out there in that desert and surviving than I would trying to survive here in the city unless I would be able to, you know, get into other people's houses and steal their food. Right. Wow. Because we like to take out all things that are edible from our land and we plant, we plant pretty things. And those pretty things are poisonous to us to eat. So most of the plants that you have in front of your houses and apartment complexes or in front of stores, you can't consume. It'll kill you. So the right. only place you can find food is in backyards of people's. Mobile home parks is a great place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mobile parks so, is a great place. People grow food. Give us an idea of a few things you could find in the desert. Okay, and in, I don't know about all deserts, but in the Sedona Desert, where I was at in Arizona, uh, for for instance, the cactus that grows there, you can eat the cactus. It has all kinds of water in it, okay? Mm -hmm. But you have to do a couple of things, like the cactus skin you got to cut off because that has a sticky glue that, that they use that when they ferment it. That's what they use for tequila, by the way. But if you don't ferment that, it'll it'll kill you, right? <laughs> So you have to tequila. Make tequila out of it, or it'll it's kill not you. me. <laughs> the, the, uh, cactus itself, and this cactus is the one I'm talking about, guys. You all see it because it's that one that's kind of the teardrop round one, like this, but it's flat. It has all the spikes on it, mm -hmm. and it grows those those red, blood red bulbs. Those blood red bulbs are oh, a delicacy. Yeah. Delicacy. Really? Yes, they are. Really what do they good. taste like? Uh, it's hard to explain because they have their own taste, but it's it's kind of like a, a sweet guava melon. But it has the texture of a cactus, so it's so it's very um, uh, it's it's um, yeah yeah, but it's fibrous. It's a lot of fiber. Cactus okay. has a lot of fiber and water. So um, um, asparagus, big the big asparagus asparagus as big as my thumb, the tall ones that grows wild. Really? Yeah, peanuts grow in the desert. They do. Right? Yeah, you. I didn't know that. I was going to grow some while I was there. Yeah, so. There's all kinds of stuff that you can live off cactus. There's three kinds of cactus you can live off. There's uh, asparagus that are just out there everywhere. Um, the best, um, um, uh, uh, what is it you make guacamole out of? Uh, avocado. Best avocados on the planet are grown in the desert. Really? We, we have people, yeah, they grow them out there in Arizona, New Mexico, and Mexico along the California border. Yeah, so all of the ones that we get from Mexico here into in the United States is from that same desert, the, the Sedona Desert. Just the Mexican side of it, okay. right? So there's all kinds of food. There's also uh, two trees, the mesquite tree and the um, hickory tree. Both of those trees have a bean pod that grows on them. And you can, when it's green, you can pick it off the tree and cook it like you would green beans and eat it. Or you can wait till it dries out. And when it dries out and it falls off the tree or you beat the tree and it falls down, you pick them up off the ground. The Native Americans taught us this when, when we cowboys were coming across the southern plains to come here. They were running out of food in the middle of the desert. So you pick all of those up and you, and you smash them up into, into a flour. And it's a tan-colored flour like khakis, like a khaki pair of pants or a khaki shirt. It's a khaki-colored flour. And it is sweet with no sugar. And it is gluten-free. It is the better flour by far than the wheat flour that we use currently. But when that was found, they tried to sell that back east. They said, you really think we're going to ruin an entire industry that we have out here because you yeah. guys have trees? So they refused. So now the people that are, that are nutritionists are starting to 
realize that and they're starting right. to use it now and put it in their coffee and stuff yeah. right but the trees grow wild in that desert huh, they have to the trees over to build the cities that's the mesquite the mesquite, the, and, the, the mesquite. and the hickory tree and yeah. hickory. okay yep wow. but then the flowers no, the flowers coming from which one or it's coming for a combination uh, both of them they both have a they both have a green bean they're shaped different the one on the hickory tree is real tall right. and the one that's on the mesquite tree is about five inches and it's flat uh, but the adults can be ground to a flower, like yes. you would, like you would with a, a acorn stalk. Yeah, yeah, yep. Wait till they dry out, and then what they do is they have a machine. You can actually over by my house where I lived. They you could go because I had them around my house, and I was like, "What is this tree?" So I looked it up. I was like, "What?" Because the bugs get in there, and it's really cool. Is that they when you when, there's a certain bug that gets in the tree. And you know how crickets, when they, when they, with their legs together, they make that sound. Well, these bugs make a clicking sound and they do it right as the sun's going down. So you walk outside and you hear like a million clicking sounds coming from these trees. And it's just this bug that lives in the tree that they do that every single night. You get used to it when you're down south. You get used to it, but you hear that and you go, wow, that's weird. What is that? So I looked that up. It's just a bug that, lives on the trees and uh, feeds off the bark but doesn't eat the leaves so the leaves fall off and they're so abundant that the groundskeepers just come and, and rake them up and throw them in the garbage they're just wasting food it's just dropping off the trees Isn't that crazy so that's crazy how did you figure out that you were a medium um i was born with a gift and didn't know what it was i just thought everybody had it i was born when i was very young I was probably four, three or four, and I was afraid because there was stuff outside that I could see that was not good. And so I instinctively, I got these rocks, river rocks. We had a, we had a, um, our driveway, we had a regular driveway and alongside the house, we had another driveway that was river rock, <clears throat> little ones. And so I got a bunch of those at four and I, I, every night I would take them out and put them on the posts of my bed, my bed posts. And I was casting a circle, a bubble, to go to sleep in that would keep the bad guys out. And my father one night came in while I was doing that and said, what, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm casting a bubble to keep the bad guys out. He said, what bad guys? And I said, them out there. And I pointed out the window. And he looks out there and he says, who's out there? Do you see somebody out there? And I said, yeah, right now, behind the tree, behind the walnut tree. And he, my father looked and he says, you can see that? And I said, yeah. I said, there's somebody there. He says, but that's not a man. I said, no, I don't know what it is, but it's scary looking. And it wants to get me. And he says, you see that? And I said, yeah. And he said, and, and why are you doing this? Who told you how to do this? And I said, I don't know. I just know that if I do this, there is a bubble of protection around my bed and it can't get to me. And I can sleep and not have to worry about it. And he says, okay, son, go to bed and tomorrow we're going to talk. <laughs> the next day he said, Today starts your training. <laughs> he says, wow. I'm going to ask you questions, and I want you to answer me truthfully uh, before we go any further. And he started asking me questions, right? What do you see? Can you feel things? Can you hear? Can you sense what? Show me this. Tell me that. Right. By the time he was done, he said, okay, you're far too young to know what you know, so I'm going to have to teach you some things because you're right. There are bad things out there, and you were right. That bad thing did want to get to you. And you were right for doing what you were doing. So from that point, luckily for me, I was born uh, to a man who was very woke and uh, was very ahead of his time. He believed in UFOs, and he said that he believed that most of us came from outer space, 
uh, and that our people, he believed, were aliens that crashed here. And at some point they would come back for us. And I was like, I don't know about that, Dad. You're tripping, dude. So then I then I come to find out, like 2015, they tested the DNA of all the people who have typo negative blood and said, we don't, we can't find that DNA more than 10,000 years back. After that, you don't exist. You came from somewhere else. And then the scientists started theorizing that our the people that have typo negative blood, the genealogy, may not have originated here. We may in fact be from another place. That's when they started opening their minds to, well, what if other people might be from another place? What if we're all from another place, right? <clears throat> so my father was way ahead of his time at a time when people laughed at you. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, man, they laughed at you and called you a crazy kook if you said UFOs. Right? So you're not from like a, a, a gypsy lineage or something like that? Actually, I am. I'm actually Irish. My, my, um, my real name, my born to... Is not O'Neill, but it's but it's of that same family. That was the line that we had. We changed the name when we came to America to hide, because the O'Neills owned Ireland, and and the the O'Neills were my genetic line was actually is is should be the king of England right now. Should be me. I'm the oldest male in my family. We have the bloodline that's descendant from Edward the Black that Henry usurped through his mother who was Edward's sister because our bloodline ran at that point and was hiding because they were hunting us to kill us because we had the rights to all of Ireland, England, Scotland, and Wales because we were the last king. And well, they're all moving to California anyway right now, right? So it doesn't matter. It's going to be because of one, two, three. Any part of that, <laughs> yes. I'm a black, I'm a black <laughs> Irish clan and I'm a, and I'm a, a, a gypsy uh, Irish. And it's funny because, funny you say that, because I was talking to um, somebody, I just said this on my show the other day, and I said something about being a Piket. And uh, 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 Mandy, the, the administrator who's running my ancient alien show, she says, Leo, do you know what that means? And I'm like, yeah, it's the N-word for Irish. And she goes, yeah, but I didn't know you knew that. And I'm like, yes, I am a Pikey. I said, that's what they call us. The, the English call the Irish gypsies a pikey or pike depends on your accent right so if you mm -hmm. watch uh, the movie snatch by guy Ritchie, he puts that in there and um and uh what's the name brad pitt plays mickey o'neill and o'neill he plays mickey o'neill uh and he's a pikey he's an irish gypsy and so when they're going to talk to them he was going oh i fucking hate pikes right and that's that's the way this guy talked right and so he was like a pikey we're going to see the pikes and he was like will you just calm down <laughs> so <laughs> Right? But his name was Gorgeous George. By the way. Thank you. That was, that, was that was a direct quote from the line of a, of a movie. Uh, but during that filming of that day, they actually had uh, on the DVD, you know how you can turn on the subtitles? They had one that was Pikey Come Again. And it would only come on when those guys were talking and mostly when Brad Pitt was speaking because uh. he went there and lived with them for like three months or six months to get the, the, uh, the, the accent perfect. And oh, wow. my accent, my family, speaks with my grandmother was oh my god she was the you know calling like when he was saying you know my mom he would say me ma right me ma They're like what is he talking about so they showed a picture his ma he has dogs and he noticed the guy was looking at the dog and he says you like dogs and he's like what he's all dogs he's all oh do i like dogs yeah right so just the difference in the way they they talk right right and with an accent that is really hard to understand. So here I am, come forward. This is a funny story. 
I'm working at, right? Yeah, Eugene O'Neill. I'm seeing that in the audience for that. Yep. Uh, related to, yes. Um, Eugene O'Neill is my third cousin. Uh, Mickey Mickey Rourke is my third cousin. My mother's maiden name is O'Rourke, and Mickey Rourke comes from the O'Rourke family. Mickey Rourke hmm. is my third cousin. Um, what's his name? Uh, O'Neill, uh, Ed O'Neill from family. Uh, Ed O'Neill played for Pittsburgh Steelers, my, my fourth cousin. Okay, so anyway, um, O'Neill skateboards, uh, fourth cousin. You know, the O'Neill line of clothing and all that, fourth cousin. They don't give me any money, though. So I'm working at a, a frame shop, managing a, a frame shop in Berkeley, California. And we had this exchange student from Ireland. Her name is Afi. And she comes in and she's got that Ikey Irish accent. And no one can understand a word she's saying. Right. And I understand everything she's saying because my grandmother used to talk like that when she wanted to. Right. right? So they're like, Leo, Afi's upset about something and I don't know what it is. And she's going on and I have no idea what she's saying. Like, <laughs> she comes in and she's just like, I'm like, calm down. Right. I'm like, don't worry about that. Just put, put them there on the, on the hooks, make it fit. I know that it's not a part of the planogram, but that area, everybody's looking at me. You understand what she's saying to you? And I'm like, she's speaking English, people. They're like, no, she is not. <laughs> and I'm like, she is speaking English, but it's just in a really, really, really thick Irish accent with a with a what they call the Irish brogue. She's talking super fast. You guys think I talk fast? That's where that's where I get that speed in our speech. We just are wired that way. Right. You get my family together, my sister and I, and people laugh. They say we get into that mode because no one understands what we're saying. We talk so fast to each other. And then if you have a bunch of us together, we have like, I could be sitting here talking to you and holding a conversation with that person, that person, and that person at the same time. And we keep up. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's mom skills. That's the way we're wired. Crazy. Those your mom skills. <laughs> yeah. We breathe through our eye sock. So yeah. we don't have to inhale. We don't have to take a pause. We just. <laughs> are you sure you're not part of Italian too? <laughs> Um, I do have a little bit of, of Roman uh, blood. I do have a Greek and Roman. I have two percent Greek and Roman in my DNA. Right. It's the ancestry DNA to find oh, out. Very good. Yeah. I have a, I almost almost all of it. Like forty three percent is Celt. It's all Irish, Dutch, uh, and uh, English, Irish, Dutch, and then I have uh, Scandinavian. About fourteen or fifteen percent Scandinavian, and then two percent Native American and two percent uh, Roman Greek. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Wow. So what do you guys think so far? This is a pretty interesting guy here. Huh? We haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> I, I will be right back. I'm losing connection, so I'm going to hard, have to hardwire the computer. So I'll be right back. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That probably means he has to... head to the head. No, I am losing network. He's like, no, I'm actually losing network. That happens. It does happen live. I have had that happen to uh, Omar for Watchers Talk. And we love the, the StreamYard because when you're using StreamYard, even if me, the host, goes yeah. down, StreamYard stays up for everybody else while I'm redoing yeah. it. And literally, we were live, and uh, Watchers Talk uh, actually went down. And there's, hey, Wendy, how you doing? Welcome. Um, uh, so he went down, and literally what happened was uh, he said he, he thinks it was his wife and she was doing some vacuuming or something, and she knocked the wire out of the wall, and his entire computer system shut down. Oh, well, Mike's right? going to have a so he He's like, what just happened? What just happened? I lost everything. Oh, my God. She goes, oh, my God, I unplugged you. Right? So he, was, he was down rebooting everything. 
then one time it happened to me not too long after that where i was where i was hosting and i went to the same thing my wi-fi cut out i was off air so i got grabbed my phone and jumped in the chat on my phone and said my wi-fi is down i'll be right back and just rebooted everything and waited and omar just grabbed the hold of the show and kept going i did the same thing when he went down i said okay omar will be back in a minute looks like he went down so let's move on and we, we kept going into the show. so it happens live man good thing you're so resourceful so okay so let's let's um we'll go on to a little bit of a topic that i yeah, am familiar with yes i have come to you for different issues you know i've had clients of my own um that have needed help um and you know they're I know my limits and boundaries. I can't always help them in certain ways. It's not what I'm supposed to do. So um, you have definitely been a resource for me and for them. Right. Um, you've definitely have uh, some kick when it comes to your gifts because you get to really handle the nasty stuff. Yeah. And you it, really help that, some people yeah, with the nasty stuff. Was something for I me. think because I was never afraid of, of when I was little. After that, my father taught me not to be when, at a very early age. So now I'm very defiant. Sorry, I just have to interrupt you and say, you know, although he's losing power and he's losing signal or whatever, he's still breaking orders at me in the private chat telling me what to do for the show. You know what? I got this. You go handle your Wi-Fi situation. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. And that I think is because of when I was little, um, I was taught to be brave and not worry about them because you're not, they're not as strong as we are. So, and Wendy, no, uh, I hadn't seen that UFO video. We brought, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, um, if you have a copy of that, Wendy, link it to me in the messenger so I can watch it. Uh, but I believe it's part of the rollout, guys. They're planning a rollout, but they're trying to plan one for a 50-year timeline. And um, we who are trying to get, uh, you know, disclosure now are saying, no, 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 we want it faster. Right? And so that might be part of it. I don't know, I don't know because I haven't seen that video. Because some of the stuff they put out is drones. And I go, that's drones, guys. Those aren't UFOs. Right. But yeah, right. please. But she said, okay, good. So hopefully you link that to me and I'll watch that after I get off air here and I'll take a look and see what's going on with it. So when it came to <clears throat> dealing with things, you know, uh, I also, when I was younger growing up, I started seeing, you know, the difference, you know, it was, it's like watching um, um, Constantine the movie, you know, and I'm, and I'm John Constantine, I'm growing up and I'm seeing these yeah. things that are yeah. around that other people aren't seeing. And so I would go to like my father and people like him that I could say, what is this that I saw? And he would say, describe mm -hmm. it to me. And I would tell him and he'd be like, okay, that's a, that's a demon. They're, they're real. And, you know, or that's just a ghost who's being very mean to you. You know, they're real. Um, so being able to see that stuff, you, you learn the difference quickly. And that's what I said to, and about, um, uh, what's <laughs> name really of, awesome. she'll know the difference between good and evil really quickly. Yeah. You learn that difference yeah. and you don't forget it. And then when you find something, you know, one of the real nasty ones, you never forget the nasties. You know what I mean? When you, you get those, you go, that was a real nasty one. And I remember that. No so you yeah, need back. Right? <laughs> one of these days you'll learn. One of these weeks you'll learn to have that puck next to you. And just in case, otherwise it's usually in this car. And he has to run around the rain and get out of the car. No, I'm, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm hardwired right now, but I, back up, back up. I keep a wireless internet. She said that she, uh, she said they're oh, saying I can hear everything. Your blimp. So, so the video that they're talking about over there in Jersey, they're trying to plan it off as the Goodyear blimp. I haven't seen it yet, but she gave me a link. So after the show, I'll look at it. I, I, uh, I, I saw that one earlier today. Um, I haven't seen it's, it. It's lit up right where you'd get the Goodyear blimp. 
But uh, I'll send you another one from Jersey that you, it'll okay. make you go, hmm. Okay. And actually, seen... I, I see Eddie in the uh, in the group here runs Bigfoot Quest. He's right. got something that you need to take a look at. I sent Christy the video the other day. Which... Send that to me then. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, that's a f- yeah. Uh, funky, funky, funky setup. I'm, I'm really face. intrigued by the yeah. UFO, or by not UFO, by the uh, Bigfoot stuff, but I've never been on a UFO or UFO. I've never been on a Bigfoot hunt, but I've watched a lot of shows that have. And yeah. they get those soundtracks, and I'm like, oh man, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we and got some. You know, got they some start knocking rocks at them, and they start, you know, oh, big yeah. boulders come flying at these guys, and. I've watched a lot of the intense UFO hunts by some of these guys that are doing it professionally. And some of them are just doing it because they're trying to figure it out. And some of that stuff was scarier, man. It's scary, scary because those things are huge. If they're real, I mean, you know, you look at the, you look at that tape from the seventies, right. And there's just a gate that thing has that you and I can't master. I've tried, I've tried. I dressed up as a werewolf one time for Halloween and I tried to walk like that. Okay, and that doesn't last long. <laughs> if you're brought up that way, you develop that because you can walk up on your toes. Children do that automatically. We humans put shoes on them and make them walk heel to toe. What would happen if we left them walking up on their toes? I'm, I'm told Native Americans did more of that than people think. Because if you walk on your toes and you run on your toes, that's the way they teach you. I played football. You run on your toes. You don't put your foot down if you don't have to. You no. stay forward and up on your toes like an animal does. And this okay. is your head if you look at the way dogs and everybody else are built, we're built the same. It's just, just that over time, I think we've been standing heel toe. Our heel and if you has take come a little bit closer because we're using it more to walk. And we're, we're really inefficient and we flop like a duck. We're, I don't think we're designed to walk on our on our heel toe. I think we're designed to walk up on our toes. And if we did that from birth, let's see, that's me with my mind. I must have been a Nazi like scientist in my past life. Because I'm like, what would happen if we took kids and just never put them in shoes and let them walk them on their toes? Oh, girls right there. And actually, my youngest uh-huh. used to do that. Even before she could even walk well, when she was just beginning to walk, she was walking on to enough uh, time no. to cover all the different things our guest tonight is involved in. And he's been around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to kill me. <laughs> what are you talking about? All these older men. I'm kidding. Sorry, guys. I'm in rare form tonight. It's been a long day. So, anywho. <laughs> um, I'll click on the holos while you're, while you're talking. I'll click. So, hello, click. watch talker. Then yeah. around that other people aren't seeing. And so, I would go to, like, my father and people like him. They play pool and they can just do these trick shots and we humans are so diverse that you can put us almost in any situation and we adapt to that. And Right. So just the difference in the way they, they talk. Right. right. And with an accent that is really hard, who was Edward's sister because our, and so I instinctively, I got these rocks, river rocks, which is a delicacy. Delicacy. Yes, they are really good. It went out of circulation so that they could flood the market later. When they went wow. over to um, Iraq and uh, were going through all of the houses and huts and everybody out there attacking, getting their way to Baghdad, they'd go into houses that they thought were owned by uh, Al-Qaeda or the Iraqi military, and they would
drones. And I go, that's drones, guys. Those aren't UFOs. Right, but yeah, right. please. So she said, okay, good. So hopefully you link that to me and I'll watch that after I get off air here and I'll take a look and see what's going on with it. So when it came to <clears throat> dealing with things, you know, uh, I also, when I was younger growing up, I started seeing, you know, the difference, you know, it was, it's like watching um, um, Constantine the movie. You know, and I'm and I'm John Constantine. I'm growing up and I'm seeing these yeah. things that yeah. are around that other people aren't seeing. And so I would go to like my father and people like him that I could say, what is this that I saw? And he would say, describe mm -hmm. it to me. And I would tell him and he'd be like, OK, that's a, that's a demon. They're, they're real. And, you know, or that's just a ghost who's being very mean to you. You know, they're real. Um so being able to see that stuff, you you learn the difference quickly. And that's what I said to and about um, uh, what's the name of it. She'll know the difference between good and evil really quickly. Yeah. You learn that difference yeah. and you don't forget it. And then when you find something, you know, one of the real nasty ones, you never forget the nasties. You know what I mean? When you, you get those, you go, that was a real nasty one. And I remember that. Okay. So you need back. Right. <laughs> one of these days you'll learn one of these weeks you'll learn to have that puck with next to you and just in case otherwise it's usually in this car and you have to run right. around the rain and get out of the car. no I, I'm, right i'm i'm hardwired right now but i back up back up i keep a so she, she said to me and she said that she uh she said they're well, saying hear everything your blimp. So, so the video that they're talking about over there in Jersey, they're trying to plan it off as the Goodyear blimp. I haven't seen it yet, but she gave me a link. So after the show, I'll look at it. I, I, uh, I, I saw that one earlier today. Um, I haven't seen it's, it. It's lit up right where you'd get the Goodyear blimp. But uh, I'll send you another one from Jersey that you, it'll okay. make you go, hmm. Okay. And actually, I, I see Eddie in the, uh, in the group here runs Bigfoot Quest. He's right. got something that you need to take a look at. I sent Christy the video the other day. Just... Send that to me then. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, that's a yeah. Uh, funky, funky, funky setup. I'm, I'm really page. intrigued by the yeah. UFO, or by not the UFO, by the uh, Bigfoot stuff, but I've never been on a UFO or UFO. I've never been on a Bigfoot hunt, but I've watched a lot of shows that have, and yeah. they get those soundtracks, and I'm like, oh, man, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we and got some we They got start hucking rocks at them, and they start, you know, oh, big yeah. boulders come flying at these guys, and I've watched a lot of the intense ufo hunts by some of these guys that are doing it professionally and some of them are just doing it because they're trying to figure it out and some of that stuff was scarier man it's scary scary because mm -hmm. those things are huge if they're real i mean you know you look at the you look at that tape from the 70s right and there's just a gate that thing has that you and i can't master i've tried yeah. i've tried i dressed up as a werewolf one time for halloween and i tried to walk like that okay and that doesn't last long <laughs> if you're brought up that way, you develop that because you can walk up on your toes. Children do that automatically. We humans put shoes on them and make them walk heel to toe. What would happen if we left them walking up on their toes? I'm, I'm told Native Americans did more of that than people think. Because if you walk on your toes and you run on your toes, that's the way they teach you. I played football. You run on your toes. You don't put your foot down if you don't have to. You no. stay forward and up on your toes like an animal does. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you look at the way dogs and everybody else are built, we're built the same. It's just that over time, I think we've been standing heel-toe. Our heel has come a little bit closer because we're using it more to walk. And we're, we're really inefficient and we flop like a duck. We're, I don't think we're designed to walk on our, on our heel-toe. I think we're designed to walk up on our toes. 
And if we did that from birth, let's see, that's me with my mind. I must have been a Nazi like scientist in my past life because I'm like, what would happen if we took kids and just never put them in shoes and let them walk them on their toes? Oh, the girls right there. And actually, my youngest uh-huh. used to do that even before she could even walk well when she was just beginning to walk. She was walking on her toe knuckles. Yep. Used to drive my husband nuts. It was, he just cringed looking at it. And then when she got older and she realized it really grossed him out, she had, she would jump and hop on him like that. (laughs) She just Uh, broke her toes and jump over. You know, if you see some. If you see dancers, they do that because I mean, you know, the ballet dancers are up on their toes and they're wearing the shoes to allow them to do that. Right. And when they do that barefoot, I was watching because I also I love everything. I love anything that has to do with humans doing something because we're so diverse. Like I'll watch Dancing with the Stars. I'll watch the um, that that other show that they have. You think you can dance? Love that show. I watch anything where humans compete in some way. I'll watch them cook. I'll watch baseball. I'll watch every sport. And people go, why do you, why are you so obsessed with this? Because the human body and the things that we can do are so intense that you don't realize that mm-hmm. any one person can do any and all of those things. If you, if you, but the problem is you can't do all of them well because you don't have enough time to learn that. So people pick one thing and they stick with it. Right. And then they become very, very good at it and they end up becoming a professional at it and they get paid good money because they've spent the time to do it. But there's people who develop their voice. There's people who develop their mind. There's people who develop a skill to be able to hit a ball that's coming at them at 100 miles an hour. It's only that big around. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's guys that golf and they can, there's guys that play pool and they can just do these trick shots. And we humans are so diverse that you can put us almost in any situation and we adapt to that and figure a way of, of fixing it. People don't realize that in the universal scheme of things, we're rock stars. We are superheroes. Okay, this is no joke. And if you you get, if if ever there's a disclosure and you get to know what's going on in the real universe, we are one of the most sought after commodities on the face of the earth because of what we learn on this planet. Because we make decisions second by second, life life decisions, life and death decisions second by second in fact we get so bored because we have so much going on in our lives we seek out those things that are dangerous we go on rides well i might die (laughs) (laughs) right we get up there we get our skis and we go i'm gonna jump off this i'm off this ramp and slide down and i'm gonna jump off this jump and fly as far as i can and i might land and kill myself but just right i'm gonna get paid a lot of money Right? I mean, we do that. I'm going to go down on this really fresh powder. And if I go wrong, it's going to be a landslide and and there's going to be an avalanche and I'm going to die. Here I go. Sideways. Yeah, let's go. Let's go back up and do it again. We humans are insane. Right? Rock diving. But it's beautiful and I love watching it because of that. Right? It is those things where people say, our world is going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm like, you're looking the wrong place. I don't know what you guys see. Right? You can see those things if you want, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the beauty of this planet. Right. I'm looking at beautiful things that are beautifully done. I turned on the news today on a local channel, and this woman who is a weathercaster hadn't been on for a while. And the last time I saw her, I said, is she getting a little baby bump there, or did she put uh-huh. on some weight over the holidays? She pops up today, she's standing there, she turns sideways, and I'm like, oh, she's got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
look at that baby bump. Okay. That's so beautiful. And I was just, I'm thinking, who does that? Who looks at a woman they don't know and go, oh, you're so pregnant. I love that. So beautiful. You're pregnant. <laughs> well, I know. I think that is. It's, I mean, that's the nature of. That's the goddess. It's the yeah. Goddess. I mean, it's, oh. but it's, that's, you know, how it's, it's being human. It's, you know, the. And people take that for granted. They, life. It's, the mindset that you have drives your reality. Right. Okay. So your mindset, if you see nothing but negative, that's all you're going to draw in. That's all you're going to see. Right. You have to be, you know, you're either half full or half empty. That's right. See the glass is half full or half empty. So if you're an optimist, then you're looking at beauty. You're, you're looking for something pretty. If right. you're gloom and doom, that's all you're going to see, man. So every time I take one step forward, it's two steps back. Well, if you believe that, you're putting that out of the universe. That's what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And mothers have the best outlook right. on life because man i'll tell you if you remembered what that child childbirth felt like you sure so wouldn't go through it again right although my mom saw that and she smiled and i said what are you smiling about and she says i was just remembering when i was young and pregnant that's what she said just remembering what it was like to be pregnant like she is and Aww. i said you most women would say oh man and she goes no that was a beautiful time and i was like oh mom it, had, it definitely has its, yeah, no, it definitely is. Okay, I was lucky that my father was very adamant about us boys being, understanding that the the women are the most important of the species because you can, you can put any man in our place, but you can only have that woman do what they do. Yeah. Okay. So, so for, from uh, for my father's perspective, he would, say, <laughs> he would say, you know, your mother is your mother. She's the only mother you can have. Right. Okay. But if something happened to me, there could be another man who could be your stepfather and he could do good things for you, but he's never going to be your real father. Right. But you can never replace your mother. If she dies, it's just another woman who's who's trying to do that. Your mother's the one who gave birth to you. She's the one. And then you also said, you know, when you're when you're married, that's your wife. You can replace a friend. You can replace a relative. You can replace people that, you know but your wife is somebody that you're trying to be with for the rest of your life. So it's harder to replace that. Right. So try and get it right. <laughs> because. Yeah. Like you know, that connection, you know, that connection right? needs to be there. Yeah. It's kind of important. <laughs> right? yeah. well, the problem. So unfortunately for our generation is that you get with somebody that you think is right, but <laughs> if you get spiritually active, it turns out that they may not be. And then you realize that at some point I'm going to have to make a decision. Right. about this. I'm either going to have to live with the fact that this person thinks I'm a nutball, right? And that I'm too spiritual that's, that's for them, or I'm going to have to come on, right? <laughs> right. Unfortunately, right. In, our, in our industry, there's more of us that are not with the person that we originally got with because of that. Right. right? No, we're, and that just sucks. That's just because of the time that we're in, right? Right. Wow. Yep. Speaking of time, we forgot <laughs> to do the top of the hour commercial. Well, I mean, if somebody would have been more on top of his, you know, puck situation. <laughs> no, it was just the internet wonderfully. I'll do it now. So, um, yeah, we gotta we gotta bump in here for a quick quick uh word from the WLFE family. So hang on one sec, folks. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Ted from Talk With Teddy and WLFE DB Radio Network. Let's talk about this network for a second. It's very unique and it has different shows with different topics that you won't hear anywhere else. First, let's say our shows cover a wide range of topics. 
paranormal to horror, skeptical to believers, and all types of variety shows. You won't be disappointed. In fact, we found, not by the limitations of audio, that we have added video casting as well. Do yourself a favor and check out a show or two. The full schedule is lined up on WLFEDBradio.com. In fact, there are past shows as well that you can check out. So remember, WLFEDBradio.com. Now here's a few of the podcast hosts that also carry the WLFE DB Radio brand and shows. Our shows can be heard on Spreaker, Deezer, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. So check out WLFE-DB.com. DB Radio. Well, thank you all for putting up the commercial there quick. We got to get a little break in there. And uh, uh, Audrey does say hello. Uh, Wendy's blowing up my phone. From right, right. Yeah. Wendy just said yeah. she's going to take off and go put your kid to bed, but she'll be back after. Yep. And then uh, Carrie says, You have a lot to talk about. What a network, you know? And Carrie right. uh, runs Bigfoot Mountain, a uh, real good uh, Bigfoot blog and stuff like that. So, um, actually, that kind of reminds me. Check out my show. And I'm watching their commercials, and I'm like, hey, my, my show is in all those places, too. So, if you go check out Orion Rising, um, yes. I have a, that goes out on you know, Facebook, Orion Rising, the page. Also, YouTube channel, Orion Rising. And if you have the MP3 files that you want to listen to the podcast in MP3, that goes out on every one of those places anywhere on the planet that you listen to an mpp3 podcast i'm either on there and if i'm not let me know and i'll get myself on there but i'm currently <laughs> listening to in 86 countries around the world so i know that no matter where you go um you're going to find orion rising so wherever you are on the planet you can find wow. my show because they have yes in it in the link is in... me. i have three episodes on there with you <laughs> <laughs> In the link, if, if you're if you're following us on on YouTube uh, or you're you're tuning in from one of the other places, you can find that website linked right in on the YouTube uh, description box. I mean, Christy made sure to do that, and I made sure it was cool. in there when we did everything. Cool, popped cool. it up. Um, yeah, so like iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcast. I know that Apple Podcast is uh, has most of my listeners in in the United States. Outside the United States, it's uh, a whole bunch of uh, I don't even know how they got there. Right, I pay uh, Podbean to put it up in like six places, and then I have uh, Anchor FM that puts it up in about another eight places. And apparently, those people also distribute to other people because there's names and places that I have no idea who they are, and I've never put it up there, but somebody did. Okay. So yeah, you can get my ISF number right? from Podbean. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. Right? That's awesome. And I got people like literally all over the planet listening to me, and, and I'm like Croatia. Okay. Right. You know, the Philippines. All right. I got a couple of fans down there. Right. India. I know I have fans in India. Right. But it's yeah. everywhere in the world. There's just some places that, you know, don't like in North Korea. I'm not going to get anybody China. I'm not going to get anybody. They're a closed audience. Right. right. And but here's the weird thing. My, I don't know about the MP3 podcast, but my video cast has been played in every single state in the United States, save two. <laughs> Wyoming has never listened to my podcast. No one in Wyoming. I don't know why. And Vermont. Both you both locations with preppers, right? UFO people, right? Survivalists, right? And they don't listen. Weird, right? Thing. 
Yeah. I don't marketing, know marketing, marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I should go there and yeah, I don't know anybody in those States either. And maybe that's no why. Flannel, but... No cowboy boots. I don't know. You know, right. I, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, I used to wear, when I did my I stuff, I used, to wear, uh, I, I used to wear a camouflage uh, uh, boonie hat. I still have one. You know? Okay. I don't have a cowboy hat anymore. I had like seven of them. They were on my yacht. <laughs> that was part of my effects that didn't get returned to me on my yacht. Oh, oh, it's good. All right. So we only have like 20 minutes left and I apologize. Uh, one of the kids is coming home from work right now. So Max is going nuts. One of our little mm-hmm. mascots of the show. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, you questions. What, do you, what kind of questions do you have? You want to get back towards the medium side and ask me some more questions? I'm curious to know what you have coming up because we only have so much time. So I want to talk about what you have up and coming, what you're working on. Um, I'm currently, I, in fact, I was talking about looking forward, you know, like what kind of work are you hoping to do moving forward? Well, you know, I'm sort of, i you know, it's funny because you said that on your show when, when uh, I said, you got anything for me and, and Mike jumped on it and, and you were like, oh man, he's put me on the spot. He always does, but I am changing my platform. So I'm not exactly 100% sure where I'm going. Uh, I am starting to get into producing, but you know, I've always been trying to work on that in the background for a long time. Um, because I was talking about you and Heather trying to produce a show for you guys like five years ago or whenever that was when we met, right? Three, four, five years ago. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I am going to continue doing the law of one and uh, continue doing, but I think I'm going to do a little bit more motivational stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, the politics, once this uh, election is over, I'm going to lay off that uh, for the next four years. Right. But right now it's, it's pertinent because of everything that's going on. And I don't want to get into that because you guys know I could go on for about, you know, hundred hours uh, with that. So I'm trying to, I'm still, because I, I'm still taking care of my mom uh, once I move, which was in the works. And you said definitely move that it was, I'm supposed to do that when I have to, when I have the, 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 the funds and the time I am going to do that. So once I do that and I change the location here and I can free myself up more, I'll be able to do more, I think, from there. So right now I'm kind of still doing what I'm doing and planning for the future. Um, I know that up and coming, I have to change my screen here. So guys, bear with me. So I'm, you will see me, but I'm reading off the screen because <clears throat> coming up in, um, and I have the, the meme up in front of me, coming up in October, on October the 4th, um, I am going to be um, hosting or I'm going to be working for Portal to Ascension. Um, which I've worked with and for uh, for the last five years. If you guys have been following myself or anything that Portal to Ascension has been doing, you've seen me running their webinars and hosting their webinars and speaking on the webinars. So I was asked by Neil Gore, the creator of Portal to Ascension. He has an event coming up October 1st through the 4th that is going to be a free webinar event that's going to be running the 1st, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th. And it's going to be, I think he said, um, nine hours a day. And they have uh, hundreds of speakers that are, I don't know if it was hundreds, but it is a lot. It is close to 100 speakers that are going to be speaking. And then there's a group of us and there is two, four, six, eight, ten of us that are going to be hosting on those four days. Um, Watchers Talk Omar, who's in the crowd uh, out there, who is he is going to be hosting a day as well. Um, I know us too, and I'm looking here, I think it might be even Jeffrey uh, might be doing it. Jeffrey Boyd Jr. I think might be doing it. So I have that coming up in October where I will be doing that and I'll get that. It's on my page, on my uh, uh, Facebook page, and we're, we're posting it everywhere. So if you guys want to tune into that, it's going to be free. And there's a lot of people in the alien industry. Uh, and Portal to Ascension has always 
um, been about spiritualism. We talked about that. Uh, Neil and I were one of the pioneers of, um, um, we, we, in fact, we did an interview where he said, um, you know, aliens, 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 now go meditate. And people yeah. like, what, is, what? How does that work? And we're, right. we're showing, we were the first ones to show how all of that is encompassed into the whole uh, aspect of, of the universe. And uh, that ties back to Virginia's question earlier about if you're a medium and aliens, would you be able to be? Yes, because uh, we're all the same people. We're running by the same rules. They just live in a different place. It's no different than someone who lives in Germany as opposed to here. So we decided at that point uh, a few years back to start backing off of beating the dead horse of aliens, 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 and starting to get more spiritual because when people break their conditioning through asking questions and spirituality will make you ask questions, then you will tend to all that other stuff comes into play on its own. Right. So I am getting more spiritually motivated minded. Um, I'm noticing that the Christian fundamentalists or, or the Christian evangelicals um, are actually evolving the same way. And they're getting away from the old school Christian teachings. And I am a minister. So I've, you know, and I've been knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, which I had a friend go, is that a thing? I've never heard of that. And I'm like, we've been around for 150 years. We're the only holy order left in the Catholic Church. And all the rest of them disbanded a long time ago. But the, the Knights of Columbus are the only ones that are the holy order in the church, period. We're it. So the, the whole aspect that people are starting to learn in the West is not to beat a dead horse even the spiritualists even the catholic church who used to make you pay a tithing they just stopped doing that they stopped knocking on your door and bothering you when you didn't show up right and and they they learned that if you just let people go you know the old saying if you let if you someone if you love something let it go if it returns to you then it was meant to be and if it doesn't then it was meant to be so they realized that when the kids who are brought up in the church if you let them go, they would leave when they turned 18. They'd stop going to the church. Then somewhere down the road when they got married, they would show up back in their mid-20s to late-20s and because they wanted their kids to have a Christian upbringing. So they didn't pressure anybody anymore, and people started coming back. So we realized that in the industry and said, we need to stop talking aliens and go more on the spiritual uh, level and talk to people. And I tell people that, know the room, read the room. So... Now I'm I'm going down that road and, and a little bit more. So don't be surprised if you see me up on stage at some point being like an evangelical, but from a weird different angle. I even hear this guy who's the most popular in the nation right now using words like the logos. And what is the logos? And that comes from the law of one. It comes from Eastern philosophical thought, right? So in the in the Jesus uh, uh, mindset of this Christian Judeo religion. Jesus was the word because the word was with God. So Jesus became the word of God. So that's how the Catholics tied it into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is the trilogy. But see, that is uh, as above, so below that trilogy, the three, six, and nine. And scientists are starting to go that way now and understand that. Uh, and that gets really crazy if I tell you that because people go, what is that? Everything, everything is a vibration. Everything is an octave. Everything is a harmonics. Right. Everything that we do, everything that we are, we are a vibration and we right. vibrate. Everything vibrates. So the three, six and nine as above, so below, which makes the Taurus is the vibration of the human being is the three vibration in that equation. And the vibration of the nature is the six in that vibration. And the nine 
is the perfect number. That's the God number. That's God. That's the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe is the one that creates the infinity, the infinity, the eight symbol. Everybody thought that was the most perfect symbol, but that's just what happens when the creator takes the human energy and the nature energy and keeps it into one energy. That's crazy sounding. But if you're into uh, the scientific reality of that without the math, you're going to go, yeah, you're right. That's the Taurus and that's the three, six and nine. And it's a tangible thing. And we think that it has to do with gravity and there is no God and get away from me, you crazy kook. But if you're a spiritualist on the, uh, and you know the math and the science, you go, wow, why didn't they get that until just now? Hmm. Okay. And that's the side of the universe that the scientists are denying and it's the side of the universe the opposite end is the side of the universe that the religions are denying the religions deny the science and the science deny the religions spiritualists see the whole and that's where where we're winning the minds of people by saying to them take a look at things from a mathematical standpoint in spiritualism and forget those religions because they're no different than those scientists. Right. Religions are a money-making place and scheme. Spiritualism is a state of mind. So they're, they're so, starting to go that way. I'm seeing her, who is also a minister, says, you got to hear this guy. And he plays them for me. And I'm like, he's saying the same thing I say on my show. <laughs> when I'm talking about the law of one and when I'm talking like this, it's the same thing that he's saying. And he's the most popular evangelical uh, Christian that travels the United States and gets paid all kinds of money. And my brother says, I know. You say the same thing he says. I'm like, yeah. No, wait, I'm older than him. He says the same thing I say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, there's a picking order, okay? Right, so, I'm older. so how how are you, now that you're looking at things from a different perspective um, and coming from a place that's more faith-based, we'll say? Mm-hmm. Um, not that you didn't have a faith, but it's it's a different perspective when you really are coming from that spiritual side of things, right? Yeah. How has it changed? Has it changed anything for you with how you see other things from before? You know what you you know. It, a lot of times when you have that kind of awakening, it really changes how you feel about well, certain okay. topics or issues no, here's, or here's use the things. Thing. So. Here's the weird thing. I, I was speaking like I'm speaking now when I was 15. Okay. I thought, and, and I talk about this in, I'm writing that book, by the way, that's one of the books I'm writing. It's called The Way. In fact, if you look at Orion Rising, the page, I describe what Orion Rising means, and it's The Way. Before I read The Law of One, I called it The Way. I still do. The Law of One is, is what the rules are. Okay. The law of one is a description of the rules of how the universe works. I had realized the way, and I thought, no, that's just the way the universe is. This is the way the universe is. I understood that when I was like 14, 15. The difference was, that was when I got that, that, that awakening, when I woke up fully. But then you're still, you know, you're still going through societal problems you're still going through hormonal problems because you're now you're becoming a man you have testosterone that's driving you crazy you have a drive to to you know and your whole society is saying you're a man you should get married you have to have kids procreate get a job so you have all those pressures and things get put on the back burner but you're still trying to figure them out right so it took me until until i became older to realize that i needed to throw all of that away i needed to take that away from from my life and get back to the way I was when I was a a teenager, you know, 
And I was saying then our energies, the way we interact with people, you know, the way I think about you changes the way the universe sees you and the way you see yourself. If I'm looking at you and I'm giving you, you know, the, the eyes and getting all chesty and, and, and flipping you off, what are you going to do? You're going to go, what's this guy? What are you doing? Hey, hey, you're going to do the same thing back. What are you, what are you doing? Or you're going to go, hey, whoa, wow, get out of here. That guy's crazy. So you're either going to, you're either going to run, duck or bleed. Do you see? You're going right. to stand up to the person and return and reciprocate what they're saying, or you're going to go, well, let's get out of here. That guy's crazy. I don't want to get hurt. So you're going to do one or the other. You're going to fight or flight. That's a natural instinct. But I knew that when I was 15 and tried to tell people and they thought I was crazy. So I stopped telling people. I thought I was the only person on the planet besides my father who knew anything that was going on. And then the internet happened in the 90s and things started to change. And then Facebook popped up and that made it possible for those of us who were out there in the world to meet each other. Mm-hmm. And now we're using this platform uh, to to meet other people and to get out there to the to the world, uh, you know, as long as we can to get this information out. So for me, the thing that changed was when I was losing my second marriage, my wife had gone. Um, she had a breakdown and, and she decided she was leaving. Uh, so I moved on to my yacht, which was a 30 foot sailing yacht. It was a nice, cool little racing yacht. It was cool. Um, it was sailing out. It was fun. Um, and I was living there in San Diego. And then my sister said, you need to come and check on our parents. They're not doing too good. And they're, they're, you know, almost out of money and owing people money and just crazy. Something's wrong. So I come up here and find out they're both dementing. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're being irresponsible and they're borrowing money to pay their rent because they couldn't manage their stuff. And I was like, okay, selling the yacht, moving in with the parents, taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my stepfather died four months later. I've been taking care of my mom for the last four years now, it'd be four years in October. Your mom's so, so cute. I love your mom. <laughs> right? Yeah. So well, you, you got to see her just uh, not too long ago, right? So, um, yeah, she's she's a little little seventy six year old Irish lady. She's cute. <laughs> um, she has a smile that's infectious. You know, it goes from ear to ear. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'll have her, but uh, I have her for as long as I do. She has Alzheimer's, and you know, she'll slip away eventually, fade away. Um, but uh, but as long as I have her, I'll have her. And then you know, when she's gone, she, at least I know that I did the same thing with my grandmother who was dying of cancer. I moved in with her and took care of her until she died. Um, and I had her as long as I could. My grandmother was a big influence uh, spiritually on my life. Um, and she also taught me how to cook. <laughs> That's always a good, good uh, Very important factor. So, so the, but to get back to the, the all moment, to get back to the all moment, um, when it happens, you think you lose your mind. You think you've gone crazy because things change so drastically. And I know you've been there because you had to have, if you're a medium, it hits you at some point. Oh yeah. So when you, when you become awake and then there's stages guys, for those of you who are there, some of us are already in that way. Yeah. Yeah, And I have talked when I've gone through different stages of it, you, when you're born into it, you don't always know you hear other people talk about this awakening process and these downloads. And I know you and I talked about that because I was like, what is this crap? Because I don't go through any of that. So I was thinking there was something wrong with me at one point going, holy cow. I mean, I know who I am, but what the hell is all this other crap that, that I keep hearing everybody talk about? And yeah, it's great. It it depends on, um, I mean, okay, look at, look at you. Let's, let's, let's take you for instance. And, and Uh I first met you, you weren't doing ghost hunting. You weren't doing any kind of, of, of exorcisms, right? You were not excommunicating people out of houses. You were scared to death of that. Right. Remember that? Now look what you're doing. Yeah, and I wasn't called to do it either. You know, yeah, I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> no, it's a whole different. You did, remember that happened, and that was with that was with Audrey, right? 
and then yeah. you get you know, a lot of us worked on that little girl and her mom and that whole thing, the whole situation, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but then you did, and then guess what? Now look what you're doing now, right? You met Mike, and you guys are like going all over and doing all kinds of hunting for everything, Bigfoot and whatever else you can hunt for. It's if so I'm allowed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we met because I was no. in that direction. Right? I wasn't. Oh. He was in it long before me. Right. So I would never have. Yeah, the investigating and the the paranormal stuff was not something I was doing until the last few years. Yeah. And I have a paranormal group, right? Paranormal tech group, where people just sit around and talk about all the all the new trinkets and toys that they have on the market. And I wanted to get together with. There was other groups that I was working with. In fact, when they were doing the shows, the TV shows, none of them had a psychic with them. And I kept going, you guys don't know what you're doing. You need to take a medium in there with you. You need a psychic. Man, this, I don't understand how you guys are going in blind. But they were going in as scientists. You know, the yeah, guys from Apps exactly. were going in as scientists. They were trying to debunk everything. And But you have to do that in order to prove something. You have to go in and disprove it. And if you can't disprove it, then then you have nothing left but to go, okay, it's compelling. It might be something. But first, you have to try and disprove everything. Otherwise, you're just trying to prove everything. And that doesn't get you anywhere. You look at things through right. with the eyes of, it's going to be a UFO. It's going to be a UFO. <laughs> I, I look at it going, it's going to be fake. It's going to be fake. I know it. You know what I do? Every time I look at something, I'm saying it's going to be so fake. That's what I'm thinking about that video they're sending me. When you were talking about, Mike, I'm like, ah, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to go, yeah, that is the freaking Goodyear blimp. You guys are good. Yeah, you know, and it, that was something I know we we kind of switched the medium thing. But you do do a lot of debunking of video. And that that's a big thing okay. in my world is what is it? what it's not and, and you gave me some tips the other night that i didn't think of and stuff like that some of the pixelizations I should, I, should, I should help you i should tell you everything that i know because dude you're gonna go oh yeah yeah and then you, when you hear it like when i did that to you i watched you go oh dude that's so obvious why didn't i think of that but I, i'm thinking <laughs> I of you know I never any of that i was taught <laughs> yeah it there's there's so many uh, uh, uh our audience is so broad um yeah. we handle the paranormal, the Bigfoot, the cryptids, the, the whatever. And we there's a couple of folks I know that just do general research on the paranormal and, and right. stuff that they'd see. Um, right. As a researcher, what do you what do you look for for that kind of stuff? I mean, to help somebody that's that man, I'm I'm seeing this stuff, I really believe, but is somebody feeding me the line of you know BS? Like I always say. And I can hit my little banner button quick. Where's my little occasional explicit list? You know, right. <laughs> if the shit's shit's too unbelievable, it's real. You know, instead That's usually of what happens, you, right? You just yeah. go, oh man, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I I go in being being very skeptical of everything, and it actually it helps. Unfortunately, it helps a lot if you're a medium, because you you're already in tune to what's going on. So what happens is. If you're say like we're doing a Bigfoot thing and I hear one of those screams from from way out in the distance, my brain immediately goes through a file in my head. Can a human make that sound? Can a human could I make that sound? Right. If I can make that sound, I'm not so thinking that's an, a, a Bigfoot. If I listen to that sound and go, no, I've heard some of those that have the sound of seven distinct layers of a voice in it. We humans can't do that. We only have a range of four. Okay. So if I'm going to listen to something that's not manufactured and it has more than a range of four sounds in it, seven is something we can't do. All right. 
So now I'm not saying we can't go through octaves. We can, but we can't project. We can only project our head voice, our nasal voice, our throat voice, and our diaphragm. We have four. We can only sing from those four places. So we can project all four of those into one tone. If you do it right, you might pee your pants doing it, right? But there, there is a tone. Hugh Jackman had a story about that when he was doing on stage and he was performing on stage. And there was a, a scene that he was doing and he was wearing tights. And he knew that the tone he had to hit, if he hadn't gotten all of his bladder out, he would pee himself. <laughs> and he was like, oh, crap, I didn't go pee before the set. I'm so going to pee my pants. And he went out there and he did it anyways, and he peed himself. And nobody seemed to notice, so he just continued with the scene. And as soon as the scene was over, he ran off, right, and yanked everything off of himself, cleaned him up real fast, put him, put on new tights and underwear, and ran back in. And, and everybody was like, because he ran off, and they were like, where are you going? He's like, I peed. They're like, hurry, help him. Everybody ran after him, took off all the stuff, cleaned himself up, got on new underwear, new stuff. And he made it back for the next scene, and no one on the, in the crowd had the notion that anything happened. So there's certain things that we do that if you do stuff like that, you have to sing from a certain place to project a certain sound. So if we can't make that sound because we are not physically able, that's one of those that's crazy. It's so crazy. It's got to right. be real. We right. humans can't think that. You, it's hard. You could maybe try and do something with a recording, but how are you going to play it so right. loud that it's going to make that sound and not make the sound of a recording being played right. through speakers. There's a distinct sound difference being right. broadcast in the air. So that's how I look at everything. Isn't that crazy? I bring it down like a scientist. Yeah. Everything yeah. I do. That's, that's the way you got to do it. Sherry, I don't know if you've got it. You're just waving hello or if you've got a question. If you got a question, you can throw it out there. Um, I mean, yeah, we, I have recordings of stuff that just doesn't make sense. You know, right. but, uh, you know, you, you mentioned pixelization, but going back to the, the tonal thing, you know, maybe, like I said the other night, you know, we were joking around is that maybe Keanu Reeves does have the answers since he was in the Matrix and now with Bill and Ted, because that's all tonal. And, all you know, tone. Yeah. and it well, all came back to Bigfoot again up above there, you know, is everything that everything has to do with vibration and a tone, everything. Um, because energy, we're all, we're all energy healers that we're talking tone yeah. and energy there. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, and everything is a vibration, right? I'm making sounds, and it's going into this microphone, which is picking that up, and it's digitally sending it, and it's it's coming out in everybody's speakers, and the speakers are re you know re-instituting the sound exactly the way it was set through uh, through me. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> she was, she was waving to say hi to me. Yeah. I didn't know she was asking a question or. Her <laughs> hand was up waving, but I didn't know if she was yeah. So hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm glad you made it over here. She's she's somebody that listens, follows me, and, and I, I posted this on all my channels and had me people that you know post it on wherever they can post it and get more people so we can get more people in here for for the show. Um, so yeah, everything's vibration, so it comes back to that everything. And um, when you're seeing things visually, it's the same thing. Like for instance, uh, one of the one of the things things trick us. Our minds play trick on us, tricks on us. We're hardwired to find a human face and human image out of chaos because when we're children um, we don't see everything the way we do now so everything's chaotic so your mom and your dad are looking down at you from uh, you're in your little bassinet and you might see an eyeball over here and a, and a mouth up here and a nose over there and an eyeball there because our brains haven't gotten that whole thing figured out yet so we're hardwired to try and make this face 
out of chaos. That's why when they do the litmus test, they go, what do you see in these pictures? And they show you the different globs. And then what you see in there can tell a person of a brain what your psychological point of view is at that time, whether you're psychotic, whether you're a fiend, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, because of what you will see there. Whether you see dark energy, dark things, evil things, or whether you see butterflies and, and you know, puka shells and my mom, you know, stuff like that. So, but that is how our brain plays tricks when we look at, say, the moon when it's coming up and it's low in the atmosphere and you can see uh, mountain ranges. The moon appears to be ginormously huge. Right. And then when it's up in the sky, it looks teeny, the size of a dime. The truth is, if you were to hold a piece of paper up in front of your face and draw a circle where the moon is and then wait till it gets overhead and hold it in the same place and point it up, you'll see that the moon is exactly the same size on that piece of paper. But our brain perceives it in a different space. And so it goes really big down low and then it goes really small up high because we have nothing up there to judge it by. But when we're down here, we do. So it appears to be closer because we can see the landscape than when there's no landscape and it's just the sky. So when you look at objects and you're trying to figure something out, you have to, to wipe your mind and look at something and say, what am I seeing? Not what does my brain want me to see? Right. What am I seeing? Okay. Um, and if you look at like the Tic Tac, quote unquote, um, and a couple of other uh, radar images of a uh, quote unquote, you know, um, UAF, is that what they call it? UAF? Uh, they call it a, uh, they don't call it an unidentified flying object. They call it a um, something. A real phenomena. Yeah. 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 So so it's not just UAF, it's not just, a, it's, it's UAF, I think. Um, so anyways, the, when they, when you, you see the pictures of those on the radar, first of all, they're, they're in black and white because they were taken in infrared, right? They were taken in infragreen or night vision. So when they print that out, they don't print it out with green. They print it out in the black and white. But when you look at the, the object, around the object is a halo. And that really threw people off that there was a halo. Well, I had already been given, uh, I know I'm going back to the alien thing, but, uh, or the UFO thing, but I had been given the, from the CIA, uh, a insider, uh, the theoretical engine uh, portion of a manual and was told these engines are not theoretical. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that, that you're right. Because I had already you know, been in a think tank where we were talking about what would be the engines that we would use or the American government or anybody in our country to use to fly anti-gravitational uh, engines and then to be able to go out in space. Because we got in space, you can use anything as a propulsion, air. You, know? right. you don't need fire. Fire, you need to break the atmosphere here. Once you get outside and you're up in space, you just need nitrogen, oxygen, anything that is a gas. And just right. go, you go forward, you go the other way. Right. But you have to be able to fly around down here. So the fly around down here, anti-gravitational, what would you use? And we went through a spectrum of um, devices that we would, we would work, that would work. And that's where he got wind of that. And he said, here, and because we had theorized every single engine that he said, here, it's on paper. Uh, and it's not, they're not theoretical. Those are real. But they're, they're talked about as if they're theoretical. So one of them, when you, if you look back, and this is getting to the whole, our mindset when you're trying to vet things. The Vimanas from the, the Indian texts, the, from the um, Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita, I always say that wrong. The Vimanas were the spaceships that they said the gods used. And if you look at the, the spaceship that the gods used and you look at it in a practical terms, it actually is feasible and would, would work. You would need a propellant 
and they show that they use fans and so they used air and if they use air and they shoot air down through the top and out through the bottom and it goes back around and is sucked back in again, it'll create a vortex around that spaceship. That wouldn't give you lift because there's a downforce. So in drawings, if you look at drawings like Da Vinci did, Da Vinci purposely changed his drawings so that when someone saw it, if they built it, it wouldn't work. But if you were esoteric, if you it's esoteric, if you have the brains to understand what he's doing, you're going to go, well, wait a minute, right here, he did this on purpose. But if we flip that to there, this now works. Hmm. Okay, so if you reverse the, the flow instead of going down, but up, which you would think would suck you to the ground, it creates an upforce, an anti-gravitational upforce. And if you do the same thing with liquid mercury, I'm referring here to the German die Glocht, which means the bell. The Germans did that with liquid mercury and they had to chain it down because it wanted to take off. So if you then can control that with the air, you then have an anti-gravitational device. So that's what they did. And